Welcome to Tech Takeaways, your weekly technical topic conversation with me, Wayne Miller, Paul Stringfellow, and Jason Fitzgerald. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about password management. Um, personally, I use one at home. I think we talked about this a lot, but I didn't realize that enterprise organizations are looking to deploy this more and more. So, um, Paul, I'll come over to you. You know, why are enterprise organizations looking to deploy, you know, a global password management solution? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great question. Um, uh, you know, we talked um, we talked in previous episodes actually about identity um, as as a thing. Uh, you know, and, and Jason made a great point when we uh, when we did that episode around simplification is a huge part of this. One of the big problems we have with passwords in the enterprise, let, let alone in our personal lives, is just think about the amounts of usernames and passwords that each member of our team is trying to remember. You know, you've got your work ones. If you've got multiple applications at work, you've got multiples of those. You've got the ones you use at home. And then everybody's saying to you all the time, they need to be long and complicated. And you're trying to keep up with these things. So, so what starts to happen is we start to introduce by the complexity of the, the, the thing that we're trying to do, which is complex in its nature, it has to be, we, we start to introduce poor password practice straight away because what are people doing? They're writing them down in books. They've got post-it yeah. notes on monitors with mm-hmm. usernames and passwords on. You know, you're laughing like you've done these things. Um, you know, so it's probably better not to admit to that. Um, but, you know, it's it, they're the kind of things that we start. So, so if you then think about that, that's bad enough for you as an individual. Now being enterprise, managing 50 users... 500 users, 5,000 users. Yeah. Just think about the scale of that problem. Yeah, it's it's massive, isn't it? I mean, if if we look at the just just the nature of passwords, you know, we ask them to be at least 12 characters. Some of them are 20. You know, some of the passwords I use are 30, perhaps uh, 30 characters long, complex numbers. There is no way I can remember what they are. Absolutely none. Um, I took a look into my password manager uh, yesterday in prep for doing this today. I've got nearly 400 passwords in there, 387 wow. passwords in there. They're all 30 characters long. They're all unique. There's no way they're getting remembered. And then, and that's just just for me. More and more things are going online. You need more and more passwords to access those services. It is just not manageable, you know. So... <laughs> Um, I use a personal one to log in all the company portals. Yeah, is that bad practice? I, I don't. I don't think it's bad practice. No. So uh, you know, and, and funnily, we, we talked before we recorded because you know you, you've got password managers built yeah. into your browsers. You know, you use Microsoft Edge, you use Chrome. These things have got password managers built in. You know, we were talking before about uh, are they terrible things to use? If you've got nothing else. They're not terrible things to use. Would they be the thing I'd advise somebody to go out and use? Exactly. Not. Yeah, because the because the downside. So if you if you were to say, well, a password manager in the browser is, is almost a first step. Or what's what? And that's step one. Step zero is you use the same password for everything because you can remember it, or you use a variation of that password. Yep. And the risk is that as soon as that password gets compromised, you're compromised into everything. So I mean, a browser-based password managers. Probably the first step for most, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and you're right, and it's a start. You know, as you're saying, Wayne, you know, if you've you've bought a specific password manager, you know, and specific password managers will allow you to do other things as well. But, you know, if you bought a specific password manager, is that bad practice? It's certainly better practice than doing nothing at all, trying to remember, you know, same username and password everywhere, or, um, you know, unless you're Rain Man or, or the character in The Hangover, 
where he's doing the card counting thing. Unless you're one of those guys, you're not remembering your 30, yeah. you know, 30 character passwords on 384 sites. Um, so that, that's that's the hacking job for Jason. It's 384 sites with really long passwords. <laughs> Try and find out what they are. Um, but um, there's a prize for anybody who does. Please, please don't yeah. attempt. Please don't. <laughs> but, but I think but from an enterprise point of view, of course, this this is where the problem lies because, you know, from, from an enterprise point of view, and you, you, know, and you asked about... I didn't know enterprise companies were doing this kind of thing. And the reason that they're doing it is because at an enterprise level, you are looking, you need some level of control. You need some level of, uh, you know, control of usernames and passwords. You need an idea of what is the, what is the kind of use, you know, what, what, what's our kind of password hygiene look like across an organization? You know, what are our users following our password rules? Are users using insecure passwords? Are yeah. users using the same passwords in, mm-hmm. in all kinds of places? So, so we need to know those things. But also what you'll find with a lot of enterprise password managers is they go beyond just somewhere that stores passwords. You know, they also go into providing a level of threat intelligence. So, you know, they will see, has this password been compromised elsewhere? We can give you a hygiene score based on that. We can look across your user base and say, actually, Paul uses the same password on 15 sites that that we're allowing him access to. So we need to make sure he doesn't do that. Maybe we need to do some kind of user education around yeah. that. You know, so so there's lots of there's lots of value in trying to consolidate all of those, all of those kind of things together in terms of giving you more visibility, the ability to more effectively deploy password policy, um, the ability to also move to things like a lot of password managers will kind of support providing single sign-on. And interesting, we yeah. talked about passwords being inherently insecure when you do this kind of thing, and you know, and passwords being the wrong kind of, a, you know, and not the future of the way that we do usernames, you know, the way that we log on to our applications. Well, actually, password managers can be a start to, towards that as well. You know, they can start to remove the reliance on passwords. So for users going to a system in the enterprise, having to use usernames and passwords, we can start to look at, actually, we can get, as, once, once they've authenticated into that password manager, then that password manager can then do the job from there, whether that's complex passwords or whether that's using some other level of authentication. I mean, you, you were sharing some examples with me earlier on about, you know, kind of that granular control you can do with, with password management Yeah, as well. absolutely. I mean, if, if you look at enterprise usage um, of passwords, there are certain um, instances where you're going to want to share a password with someone um, securely. Um, you know, so if we take a marketing department, for example, they may have a social media account that the same account is logged into by multiple people. Well, how do we make sure that that is shared securely and not on a post-it note? Well, that's where the enterprise password managers come in, being able to securely share that with a colleague um, in a way that um, almost a password manager um, hides the password. Um, so it, so the user doesn't see it in plain text. They see it as, I will automatically fill in this credential for you because you've been granted access to use that. And that's fully audited across the environment. Um, but uh, we see um, a lot of features um, such as MFA being added in. Um, so, you know, you go to auto-complete the password, if you will, from your web browser, and it says you need to scan in your fingerprint on your mobile phone. You know, you're logging in on your laptop, but it says your phone's going to go off. You need to provide your fingerprint. That's an MFA on the password itself. It's really granular control on that, um, which is important because you, you, you're auditing it and you're securing it as well. I mean, we, we you know, we, we tend to look at 
uh, a wide range of, of password managers. We've we've just done some work with with Keeper because the the features that was able to to offer were, were, is quite unique. Um, you know, being able to s- store certain password types, but being able to do MFA on the end user's device just means that the users don't necessarily need to see the passwords um, to be able to, to to log into a service, which is really powerful stuff. If if you you think of a service where by nature, it's only offering username and password and doesn't have MFA. How do you then enable MFA on that server? Well, that's a great way to be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that, actually, I think that's a great example because, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I mean, I mentioned before about this idea that actually passwords in themselves are inherently secure. So, you know, if you go and look at the NCSC, for example, or, you know, you look at the advice that you get, you know, whichever geography you live in, but, you you know, you look at the kind of cybersecurity advice, lots of that advice will be around password management and what you should do. And, and, And all that advice is leading towards the less passwords we can use, the better. So the more we can replace that with things that are not based around passwords, but are based around other types of authentication, biometrics, you know, face IDs, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, daft question. No, yeah, go for it. But will, will that change the passwords on a regular basis? Will that bring governance so, into so some, that as some well? Some services will, yeah. yeah. Um, so if you've got a password, uh, an organisational policy that says, we want the, ser- the password to change every 30 days for these services, the system, the password manager, in some cases can go in, log in, authenticate, change the password, and then re-upload it into the password right. manager so that that password is going through a churn every 30 days. So it's... It's not user-dependent. It doesn't rely on any and, users to do anything, yeah. And, and again, it's, it's kind of another example of removing somebody inherent. So, so, so one of the interesting things about password advice is, you know, for lots of us, we kind of brought up on the idea oh, you should change passwords so often, make them really complicated. But actually, if you look at some of the guidance around this, Actually, you don't necessarily want them to be huge. So you're better off, rather than complicated passwords, the idea of encouraging the use of phrases. So you know, you might put in, uh, you know, you put in a long phrase that you can remember because it's it's a long phrase. And it's some so it's some interesting. And I forget actually the name of the organisation. I'll find it and put it in the show notes. But there's a site that they publish once a year, uh, kind of a, a thing around um, how effective password complexity and length mixed together is and basically it has a table and it shows in there if your password is eight characters or letters it, it, will, it will be yeah, cracked yeah, in yeah. under a second yeah, by something right, yeah. but actually if your character so if your password is in 14 characters and all characters it will take a little bit longer but then you get into it will take a, a password cracker two weeks to do this it'll take it to do 30 days it'll take it to do yeah. a month yeah you know or, and eventually you know, it gets months. into 40 yeah, years and, yeah. or so you know and, and so yeah. so all those things but that, but actually that idea to move away from password password managers in general, but you know, if you're talking about this from a business point of view, having for all the reasons we talked about that kind of central admin, central control, central central view of the way passwords are used across your organisation. And when I say that, of course, this means in none of those instances with with password managers can some central admin see these passwords. It just means they can see the impact of those passwords. Yeah, and and I think that's probably something important to cover yeah. if if we can. Um, so obviously the 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 question is, can someone see these passwords? You know, if I'm uploading my passwords to someone, can they see them? And, and the answer is no. Um, you know, the uh, the way that the password managers work is there is a, a single ma- master password and that acts as an encryption key to everything else that sits in there and it's encrypted at rest. So the provider can't see your passwords. It's never seen in plain text. It's only exposed to you. 
once your password is input and once you've gone through the authentication mechanism, so that could be MFA, biometrics on your phone as well, and then you can, in some cases, view the password. So maybe just to add to that, and, and, and it's probably, it, you know, it's, it's an elephant in the room, actually, and I, I hadn't thought about covering this on this episode until you've just said what you've just said, you know, that... Obviously, so so. I mean, I, I've spoken with customers before about password managers, and and some of the impact, some of the. You know, I'm a big advocate for password managers. I think they're things that organisations will get lots of value from. Yeah. But some of the feedback I've had occasions where I don't want to do what Jason's just said. Actually, I, I don't want to put them in the cloud, or I don't want to have them in some central thing where that central thing could be breached. And of course, last year we had the issue where you know, it's not a secret that it was LastPass that LastPass had a big breach. Um, you know, we've talked in previous episodes about breach trends and they were uh, one of those where it actually been the breach was caused by supply chain. So it was an application that somebody used that was part of their supply chain that had a compromise in it that allowed them to compromise LastPass security and get access to that LastPass database. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's a thing that has that has happened, you know, and, you, and we can't deny there was some, you know, there was a breach of secure passwords there, you know. By all means, go to LastPass website to read kind of the whole whole trail of that. But what that has meant for the industry, and including LastPass, is that has meant, you know, a, a huge review of, the way they secure their platform. So some vendors now thinking of different ways of architecting their solution. So they move away from central password repositories, for example, um, but a real hardening in the way they encrypt passwords, the way they cycle keys for encryption, um, the way that they restrict access to who can see what inside of a password. So, you know, that is a thing that's happened, you know, that that has not confidence in password managers. But what I would say is it's like most cybersecurity, you know, it's about risk. No, and the risk of you being exposed by poor password hygiene and poor password process inside your organization is much higher if you don't do something about it, whether yeah. that's a level of identity lifecycle management we've spoken about in previous episodes, and in addition to that, a level of password management. I mean, one thing you are seeing in the industry, actually just talking about those kind of two things, maybe as a kind of a final point for me at least, is that you are seeing a bit of consolidation in that space as well. So you are seeing companies who have been doing password managers starting to introduce a level of identity management into that as well. So acting as an identity platform or an identity lifecycle management solution, or if they're not doing that, integrating with the likes of Okta, you know, the likes of JumpCloud who who provide that kind of thing. Or you've got the flip side where identity providers are now releasing a password manager or are um, integrating with a password manager or going out and acquiring well-known password managers. So you're seeing, you're seeing a bit of that because I think people, you know, the, 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 the industry has started to realise that you can't separate identity management from password management and the security implications of the two. Mm. So, you know, I think if, if, you know, if you're watching this and wondering what can I do as an organisation, you know, Absolutely, policy, massive takeaway. Make sure you've got good stringent password management uh, policy. But if you're thinking, should I look for a password manager? You know, I think the, the takeaways would be, how are you doing it otherwise? You know, and you know, what, what what's your plan for moving away from password management in, in, in total? You know, and think about that whole identity password management thing. How am I bringing those elements together? Because they are probably the things that are most likely to be targeted still by any kind of cybersecurity attacker. Yeah, and my key takeaway would be to go and explore password managers. You know, obviously we've spoken about personal use and, and enterprise use here, um, but a lot of the password managers offer a free tier. And as part of that free tier, we can generate secure passwords, s- store them, 
and receive some kind of uh, security score based on them. Um, so if you're not currently using a password manager, I encourage you to strongly go and take a look at that. Um, and if you if you are recycling the same password, uh, start to change those passwords for more complex passwords, which are managed within that password manager and always, always enable MFA. So just, I know I said I did add a last thing. Um, I've got another last thing. Uh, definitely is the last thing this time. Um, but just to kind of build on on that, what you, you were talking about, what you will see actually with a number of enterprise password manager solutions is that they will, as part of that license for your enterprise, will give you licenses for personal use as well. Mm-hmm. So your user's got an enterprise password manager, but they've also got the personal use version of it. And often that will come with multiple licenses. Yeah, so right. if you want to share that amongst your family. Um, and, and, you know, and if you're thinking, well, why would I want to do that as a business? Well, bear in mind, any if, you, if you've got users with poor password policy or poor password hygiene, there's a chance that they're using the same password that they have at work for some of those personal sites. And that is the potential for a level of breach. They'll get in there and they'll think, I wonder if that works on their Microsoft 365 account. Or maybe they access a personal, personal OneDrive that's got a file in it called passwords.txt and they'll go well that'll do me thank you very much so so it is something worth bearing in mind it's a little bit of an extra it's an extra value add for you as a as a company um but it but it plays into that bigger picture yeah picture that, yeah. that password security is an issue for all of us whether people work for you or they don't you know if passwords get breached there's a chance that it'll come back and, and bite your business eventually so it, it's, a, it's a good thing to do brilliant um so there's a lot of passion for passwords, is what we've just learned. Um, That's a great title for this episode, Passion, passion for Passwords. For passwords. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, you can subscribe to our podcast on our website, gardenersystems.co.uk, and all good homes of podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Apple, Apple. Podcasts. Yeah. Thank yeah. you.